Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, man, the morning after, the morning after, ah, another Dallas Cowboys January collapse. And this one, uh, maybe the most tragic of them all. The one is done. Uh, unseen, unpredictable. I mean, last couple of Januaries, it was narrow losses to the San Francisco 49ers. Then into the Cowboys season in the month of January. Both disappointing, but both went to the wire and were close football games. This game was never in doubt. In Dallas or in Arlington yesterday. That was part of the problem. Yeah. That was, that was part of the problem. There, there was a lot of looking ahead. There was no doubt. They were looking ahead. They were looking past these Green Bay Packers. Yep. There is no question now looking at it. that the, the way the Cowboys play at home, their brand of football at home is arguably the best brand of football in the NFL. They play, they play better at home than any team plays <laughs> uh, anywhere in the NFL, at home or on the road. And yet they have that kind of dud in the playoffs at home. They were looking ahead. They were looking ahead. They were thinking about the division around and then the 49ers. There is no question. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have they, they would have beaten the Green Bay Packers if they had been focused. Green Bay Packers had a great game plan, outplayed, outcoached uh, the, the, the Cowboys. There's no doubt about that. But the, the, they got, the Cowboys got whipped. The, the Cowboys straight up got whipped in the playoffs, and none of their all pros, and they have as, as many as anybody in the league, none of them really showed up in that game. None Nobody. I mean, uh, did appear that uh, you know Dan Quinn had his mind on Seattle potentially. Yeah, that, yeah, that felt it felt like that. It felt um, like that because the, the, the defense was was a mess, and uh, you know Green Bay came in playing with house money and completely focused, and and just took apart the Cowboys in every phase. But yeah, there was some entitlement there that hey, we uh, we're the division champs. We play great in this building. We'll just show yeah. up and play. It, yep. And the, the Packers, as a young team, will fall apart. And, and, you know, you said clearly to anybody that would listen last week, Rod, um, when you're in your Rod's rants, don't sleep on the Packers. They're playing really good football. Jordan Love's playing as a top-five quarterback in the last two months. I mean, it's just it's, it's, a, it's a team not to sleep on. And I remember saying verbatim, yeah, the, the Cowboys are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite for a reason. They should be. They've been unbelievable at home. Uh, but don't take this team lightly. Uh, pay attention to this team. It's the playoffs. And if any team – any organization was going to take every game seriously in January, you would assume it's Mike McCarthy and these Cowboys who know uh, that this is the this is the window, this is the immediacy, this is what it's all about. This is why uh, Dan Quinn came back for a third straight year to to, yep. to, to architect the defense. This is why um, you've you've invested and, and went and traded for Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore and and the pieces to to make this run. We just documented in what the facts all the free agents. All the contracts that still need to be signed, I mean, it's going to be – it's ugly from here. Uh, and now it's even uglier because it may be with a new coach. And who knows what else. But it's another January failure for the Dallas Cowboys, the latest. And it's now uh, – They had nine all-pros. 
Nine. Mm, twenty on the twenty twenty three AP All Pro teams. Oh. Nine. San Francisco has seven. Well, let's. Uh... <laughs> and they won and done and lost in a wild card round. That's it's inexcusable. It really is. And not to do. No, I take that back. Losing, it's the NFL. Everybody can lose in the NFL. It's, that's the way, especially in the playoffs. I'll take that back. But getting whipped the way they did at home, that's an excuse. 16 straight home wins. Yeah. Um, as you said last week, and I didn't disagree with you at all, they, they're at home. They might be the best team in all of pro football. But, you know, it always begs back to against two and what are the stakes. Against two and what are the stakes. At the end of the day, the uh, Cowboys' best win this season on record was that Lions victory, and it mm-hmm. came with controversy. Um, you know, they nearly lost it on a two-point conversion. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, I gotta, you can't say all this without giving Matt LaFleur and the Packers a lot of credit. That team has improved as the year has gone on, and they came in and beat the daylights out of the Cowboys in all phases. Aaron Jones played a hell of a game. It was Jordan Love's coming out party. Cause yeah, I, it was. I, we've been talking about, and I gave you guys all the stats last week about how he had been trending in the right direction, had been 6-2 and two going. Well, now he's 7-2 <laughs> and two, uh, in his last nine games. 112 passer rating, had 20 total touchdowns going into that game, had only one interception. He had been playing like a top five to top seven quarterback in the league overall, depending on how you want to rank everybody's performances. But he, you can argue he had been playing like a top five quarterback since week 11. Yeah, since Thanksgiving, NFL. really. Yeah, exactly. And you know, But he hadn't been on a lot of primetime games, and they started really slow, and I think people paid attention to that. But, man, this was probably his most impressive performance. Guys, he was, so, he was close to a perfect passer rating. He was one completion short of having a perfect passer rating. He and C.J. Stroud, both <laughs> they were almost, both, almost perfect. Yeah, they both had like 157. I think a perfect one is 158.3. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, I mean, gosh, the, and neither one of them would have thrown the pass Dak Prescott through right before the half. I, don't, I still don't know what Dak sees. I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't know if it's whatever. But as many good passes as Dak has thrown this year, as many good plays as Dak has made as a second-team All-Pro to make that throw, when it was, I mean, I, what what are we what are we I, seeing here? I don't know what he was looking at. I mean, you're for, you're yeah. clearly forcing the ball to C.D. Lamb because you know maybe you don't trust your other guys, but I mean, even the Packers knew that was coming. <laughs> you're That's true. Run. You're right about that. There you go, man. It was so obvious though because that safety he was cheating down to be the rat, the whole player, and I don't think he really disguised it really well. No, he was he was he was cheating up the entire time. So I don't know why Dak thought you know that that route would be open. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we'll run through the litany of uh, for the Cowboys. It, it starts with Jerry Jones because people talk about Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel. And, yeah, go get Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Uh, you, you mean we're, we're 27 years into this experiment. As long as Jerry Jones is, holds the title of general manager uh, and owner, it's not going to work. I mean, you can, t- you can talk yourself into it because Jerry's going to try to sell it to you. Uh, but it ain't going to work. You know, we have enough evidence, way more than enough evidence, to show you that it's not going to work. Hey, can we get to the other headlines, though, trending topics, and we will start with the Cowboys and another uh, January collapse. Let's get it. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. And, yay, after another 12-win season, three in a row, a division championship, two-seeded Cowboys completely outclassed and dominated by the youngest team in the postseason, the seven-seeded Green Bay Packers. 48-21 was the, or 48-32 was the final in a first-round beatdown, but it wasn't that close. Aaron Jones ran for 118 yards and three scores. Jordan Love threw three more in his postseason debut. And the Packers' defense intercepted Dak Prescott twice. The 
including a pick six right at the end of the first half to put Green Bay up 27 to nothing in complete control and never look back. With their latest disappointment, the Cowboys become the first team to win 12 games in three straight seasons and fail to make it to at least the conference championship game in any of them. Here's team owner and general manager Jerry Jones after the latest debacle. Any of the addressing of any aspects of any part of it, from the coaching to the players to what's around the corner, uh, uh, on a personal basis, I'm, I'm floored. And so, uh, uh, not that there's any world's smallest violin for me being floored. I get that. I understand that. And uh, I know where the responsibility starts and ends. And I've got that real clear, and I know that. All right. Uh, Jerry Jones, uh, not making any decisions last night, won't even address it. Uh, much better outcome in Wild Card Saturday down in Houston. That's where the incredible season for the Texans and their prodigious quarterback, C.J. Stroud, continued. They whipped the, the Browns on Saturday, 45-14. to Stroud, 274 yards and three touchdowns. And with a 24-10 lead in the third corner, the Texas defense uh, finished the game off with two interceptions for touchdowns of Joe Flacco. They win at 45-14. Houston's divisional round opponent this weekend will be determined today when the Bills host the Steelers in a wild card game that was postponed because of a severe blizzard in Buffalo yesterday. Game will kick at 3.30 this afternoon. Uh, then tonight in the final game of the first weekend, Tampa Bay hosts Philadelphia. Winner of that game will travel to Detroit next weekend. Uh, to play the Lions. That's what the Lions held on for a great win last night. 24-23 game of the weekend. They beat the Rams, their first playoff victory in 32 years. As we went through last hour, college football busy weekend for the Longhorns. Steve Sarkeesian gets a new four-year contract extension. Uh, they added it to the uh, – he's halfway through his first six-year deal. So he's now got seven years under control at Texas through 2030. Gets a new pay increase. Jade Barron announced he's coming back to Texas for another year. And he's not going to the NFL. And the uh, Longhorns added uh, former Alabama wide receiver Isaiah Bond through the transfer portal yesterday. Also, multiple reports out there now that uh, former Texas defense back Dwayne Aquina is expected to return to the Longhorns for a role within the program. Not a good weekend for Texas basketball. Both the men and women lost. Life on the road is big. Twelve and Big 12 is tough. Both lost on Saturday despite 32 points from Max Acemas. Rodney Terry's Longhorns could not overcome 22 turnovers, 28 fouls that sent West Virginia to the foul line 41 times. Mountaineers beat the uh, Longhorns 76-73. It's their first conference win for West Virginia. Texas also 1-2. Texas women, meanwhile, dropped a heartbreaker in Manhattan, Kansas. K-State beat them 61-58. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new Buta location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, I don't know what is kind of more uh, glaring that the Texans right now are just way ahead of schedule, probably more ahead. I don't know if we've seen a team this ahead of schedule considering where they were and nobody expected them to be in the playoffs because C.J. Stroud is a, I mean, he's a miracle, as Jerry Jones once said about Tony Romo, (laughs) Uh, because he has uplifted the entire play of the franchise with the Texans. And this is a team that uh, has played more players, had more players on IR than any team in the league. Uh, You talked about the injuries they had on the offensive line. Nico Collins actually now is playing like a top 10 wide receiver in the league because he's got a quarterback um, that can can give him the football. And Dalton Schultz is playing like one of the better, even though he he did have the drop in the game. Um, But he is uplifting the play of the players around him, and that is something that Dak has struggled with. 
to uplift the play of the of the players around him. He did it this year because he's a second team all pro, but he did it during the regular season. We're talking about in the playoffs. To have a rookie quarterback that yeah, he's the youngest rookie quarterback, youngest quarterback ever to win a playoff game. Um, we've never seen a rookie do the things he's doing. We've never seen a rookie and head coach and quarterback combination win a game in the playoffs because we've never seen one in the modern NFL actually make the playoffs and win a division. Like I said, it's more and more remarkable um, when you start breaking it down, and it's almost disturbing and not only disappointing what's happening with the Cowboys because all the steps that they took and all the resources they have, nine all-pros I just mentioned, more all-pros than any team in the league, they're one and done in losing the wild card round. So they, they've regressed. They've gotten worse. Yeah. Although they've gotten better players. They've gotten, right? They, they still, and that's, those nine all pros, that's not including, you know, I don't know if Stefan Gilmore is on there. Obviously, Trevon Diggs is not obviously available. So you got, there's even more talent available. And I don't know if talent is, no, no I don't know. It's not the issue. Well, talent that, is not your issue right now. Your issues are more systemic. With well, the Cowboys. And that's why having you know covered it for thirty years, Rod, and twenty you know, since the Super Bowls, it, it, all the evidence is there. I mean, you know, we'll talk about chain of command. Go to the Texans. The Texans were a laughingstock, and why? Look, when when the late Bob McNair, who brought foot, pro football back to Houston, mm-hmm. was in control, he was you know he wasn't a perfect owner, but he was a great owner, right? He hired a general manager, who hired a coach, who ran the team. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but there was a great chain of command. What deteriorated in the wake of the loss of Bob McNair? was the chain of command got muddied because Bill O'Brien was the coach and he got too much power because they didn't have good leadership at the top. And then, you know, Cal McNair, his son, and his, and his wife fell in love with this guy, Jack Easterby, mm-hmm. who became, convinced them that this was the way, right, yeah. the, the Chick-fil-A to, model. They want to be a Christian-based organization. But, yeah. but look, what, you know, what do you always tell me, Rod, and tell our audience, which is true, what life is a struggle between what you what you want to be and what you need to be. Right. <laughs> and this is the challenge for Jerry Jones, because what did the Texans do? They got rid of Jack Easterby. The late Cal McNair's wife kind of got more involved and said, guys, get out of the way. Hire a general manager, hire football people, and let them do their job. Mm-hmm. So Nick Casario was given the reins. Bill O'Brien was out. Jack Easterby was shoved out. And Nick, and Nick Casario has done a great job uh, cleaning up the mess Bill O'Brien left. Dra- hiring D'Amico Ryans, getting the salary cap sorted out, and signing and drafting good players, and namely C.J. Stroud. So now it's heading in a real good direction. We'll see where it goes. But to your point about um, you know what you need to be, we had, I had somebody arguing on Twitter about no one wants to win a Super Bowl more than Jerry Jones. I get it. Jerry Jones wants to win a Super Bowl. But there's a difference between wanting something and putting – He wants to win it his way, though. Right, because ego yeah. – there's a great book by a guy named Ryan Holiday, uh, Rod, called Ego is the Enemy. Yeah, he wants to ego win Ego is way. the Enemy. Yeah. He's determined to win it his way yeah. because of his ego. Yeah. And that's how this all began. He already won it. He knows how to win it. Hire the right guy. Hire football guys. And, and think about the, the <laughs> stages of this for, for Jerry Jones. In the wake of, Barry, of, of you know, Barry Switzer winning the Cowboys' third Super Bowl in five or six years, you know, Jerry was on a high. He was the man, right? Because when Barry Switzer won it, it was somewhat validation, but everybody knew it was Jerry's players, or Jimmy's, Jimmy's, players. Jimmy's players, right? Yeah. So then it's a succession of when Barry Switzer leaves, then it's, you know, Chan Gailey and Dave Campo. And the, the program bottomed out. The organization fell apart because it was Jerry picking the talent, Jerry running the war, war room. That was the, the – and that, that led – and he also wanted a new stadium, Rod, in the early 2000s. Yeah. And the team was no good. I mean, it had fallen off a cliff. And that's when he hired Bill Parcells. Parcells. 
Yeah. And he, could, and he gave control to Bill Parcells, and what happened? Stop he hires Sean Payton. He finds Tony Romo. They draft Jason Witten. They draft DeMarcus um, Ware. DeMarcus Ware. Yeah. They start bringing in talent. They start to win again. And they get the stadium again to the Super Bowl. And then Bill Parcells gets tired of Jerry Jones. They can't get along. And so Parcells leaves. And that leads to what? Wade Phillips, which leads to Jason Garrett, which leads to a decade of Jason Garrett, which was just, you know, middle-of-the-pack football. Mm. Middle-of-the-pack football. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, okay, maybe Jerry's finally figured it out. Let's go hire Mike McCarthy, Super Bowl winning coach. You know, Will McClay and, and Stephen Jones are taking over the war room. Because as you just said, now we have another, you know, wave of this with Jimmy, with Jerry Jones. This is not about the talent. No, they got talent. At the beginning, after, so, after Jimmy Johnson, yeah. it was about the talent. No, not and then Bill the talent. Parcells improved the talent, but not enough. This team, with 10 pro bowlers, if Teron Diggs were healthy, is plenty talented enough they to got, win. Yeah. They don't have right now the, the leadership, the coaching, or the toughness, mentally or physically. And it starts at the top. Yes. That's you a, cannot yeah. overlook that. We have 30 years of evidence that it starts with Jerry Jones. Yeah. Starts and ends. He undercuts the authority. He undercuts the chain of command. He does radio you know, hits every week where he talks like the coach. Because he's on there speaking as the general manager, not the owner. But he signs all the checks, Rod. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I just think it's uh, – but I think you make great points. I think him as a GM, I think he's done a good job of – um, ceding some of the uh, the authority and control, right, of the draft. That's why Will McClay's doing a great job of drafting players. That's why they are so talented, have so many all pros, and giving Stephen Jones some of that, that that power. So that's why the personnel has improved, but he is still picking the coach. And right now, organizationally, we believe a lot of the issues are the, the cultural and organizational traits that they lack overall, which are mental and physical toughness, the ability to be able to uh, crystallize their focus and play their best game on the big stages for them to be well-prepared and have a great game. All those little details, this is an organization that does not – they're not detail-oriented. Yes. And that's like I said, that's on the head coach. And, and not that Mike McCarthy is not a good head coach – but it's obvious that Mike McCarthy can't bring out the best in this Cowboys roster, and they're loaded. He did bring out the best in Dak for most of the season, um, but you're still falling short. And if you have Mike McCarthy as your head coach, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to continue to fall short of your goal, which is to at least advance past the divisional round. Yeah, and yesterday, you know, Jordan Love dramatically outplayed Dak. Uh, Matt LaFleur outcoached Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn badly. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a mismatch. Um, oh, they, they, and, again, when you get to this, what we say about January, Rod, when you get to this point, you're only playing good teams. And you're only playing good coaches with good schemes. And uh, whatever Green Bay was when they were 3-6, and six, they're not now. And there'll be a handful this weekend when they play the Niners. I mean, Niners probably beat them. With a week off, but they'll have to go to San Francisco. But Matt Lafleur will have a good game plan. Yeah, um, you know they'll fight for that. But the Niners are the better team. But uh, that's where it stands now. We'll take your thoughts on it. Hey, let's get Rod's first rant of a Monday, and there's a lot to rant about. Let's say Rod. Let's go. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, uh, so we're just talking about the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we haven't really talked about the big story of the weekend, Kelly DeBoer taking the Alabama job. It's just so many other big stories out there, oh. uh, a ton of them. <laughs> uh, but that is a, that's a huge story. 
Uh, and Kalina Boy, it looks like he's bringing most of his entire staff with him over to Alabama. Um, just want to get it out there that his now there is a, and this is an interesting new phenomenon with the coaching carousel because we hadn't seen this before. The 30-day window that the transfer portal opens up for every team whose head coach leaves to take another job, or if, if the head coach is fired, I think it's anytime there's a head coach vacancy. There's a 30-day transfer portal window. I mean, think about what, what Texas is doing right now at Alabama, you know, bringing in guys like Isaiah Bond. There's also uh, talk that Texas is looking at Jabbar, at, at Jabbar Muhammad, who is the – well, not – there's reports that they, they are – they have to, they are talking to him. I think it's them and Oregon as a couple of the schools. But he's he was he's their best DB. I mean, he was fantastic. He's an NFL caliber DB. Um, he's the cousin of Malik Muhammad, but he's in the transfer portal too. And Alabama's right now. This is like a fire sale. We don't talk about this enough, but I do believe that some coaches like Sark and big time college football programs who will be who are huge beneficiaries of this. Um, they understand that when you do have these big coaching uh, moves that if they make – I don't even know how the numbers work out that way, um, but that they know that they're going to be some big-time players in the transfer portal. Um, Arizona just had – Texas got a connection to Arizona with Johnny Nansen, who is their new D, co-DC slash linebacker coach. They got a fire sale now because Jed Fish, the Arizona head coach, is heading to Washington. <laughs> uh, and so there will be a 30-day window – where all of the players are free agents, essentially, and they can hit the transfer portal whenever they want to. And during that 30-day window, this is not discussed enough because I think it's a huge transfer of, of talent. Of good talent. <laughs> yeah, right, of high-end talent happening because these, these coaching carousel moves now are starting to happen at more and more successful blue blood programs. You talked about it. We've never seen this before. You're going to have teams that were in the college football playoff now. Alabama, potentially Michigan, Washington, whose rosters were not stacked, but they were loaded rosters who are now, they're some of their best players who weren't going to the NFL are deciding, yeah, my coach is gone. You know what? I'm going to go to a better program that can also guarantee me um, or at least give me a really good chance to play in big games on the big stage, and I can make NIL money, I get a little NIL boost, and potentially play at a school that I've always wanted to play at. It is, it's a great opportunity for the players. I love it, but it is a, it's, it's something that we don't talk about enough because even if you've exhausted your number of transfers, say you can transfer twice now without penalty, I don't know what it is, but I think it's like twice, and then maybe the third time you have to get a waiver, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter when the, the coaching vacancy opens up. You, everybody on the team gets an opportunity to transfer. I don't think they have, they get. I don't think the penalty thing even applies at that point. No. <laughs> so it is, man. Talk about a transfer of wealth that is happening well, now and, and in look, this season more than ever. And a lot of the December transfer portal, not all, but a lot of it is middle of the pack guys on the depth yes. chart and the bottom part of the depth chart that are moving, looking for a greener pasture, young guys that haven't hit the depth chart where they want to yet, not getting playing time, and they want. What you're talking about is teams in Alabama and Washington oh, man. who are at the top of the mountain, whose coach leaves, and now all of a sudden you're picking from the top and of the roster. receivers. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're, you're getting guys from the top of the roster yeah. who don't want to be a part of a rebuild or a new coaching staff. All conference players. And they, they can control their freedom here a little bit. Well, think about it. Who's the Mississippi State quarterback who transferred to go play for Kalen DeBoer and maybe replace Michael Penix? Will uh, Rogers. Will Rogers. Will Rogers. So yeah. he was at Mississippi State. Mike Leach, his head coach, dies. Tragic mm -hmm. passes away. 
So, and that coach, Coach Arnett, lasted half a year, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, I need to find a new spot. Because he was brought to run the rerun the spread offense of Mike Leach and to push the ball down the field. Mike Leach tragically has a heart attack and passes away. Will Rogers transfers to Washington where he's going to play for Kalen DeBoer and maybe replace Michael Penix. Yep, that's what he's thinking. And then Kalen DeBoer leaves to go to Alabama. <laughs> so now he's, like, he's jumping back in the transfer portal and people are criticizing him. They get mad at him. It's and like, I'm like, come on, man. Is it, yeah, what are you mad at him for? You be mad at the system. I get it. But at the same time, if you took a job and two weeks later the boss left – and with all the whole organization who just hired you, you'd be like, part of the reason you went there. Do I got to work for that guy? Yeah, I got to work for whoever you're going to hire now. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you, man. It's, but I just think we don't. I don't know if we talk about it enough, but it's you it's, can start. Texas is being a, if Texas gets Jabbar Muhammad, then you're talking about Texas being one of the schools that's benefiting tremendously from this little I'm not calling it a loophole, but it's just a new phenomenon because they just changed the rule. What was it four? Four, five years ago, three years ago, yeah, yeah. When they try, when they give, they're giving the player. Well, this was one of the first ones, right? This, as far as player freedom goes, this has nothing to do with NIL. But player freedom really started with, all right, if your coach, because the argument was, why can the coaches leave whenever they want and the players can't? Right, simple. So that was one of the first, you know, rules changed. Okay, if your coach leaves, you got thirty days to go. Yeah, um, leaves or gets fired if he's gone. And so that was the first, and then it just became, you know, everybody can go whenever they want, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a free-for-all, yeah. but that, you're right. That was the beginning of it. And now, like, at the, uh, the, the tight end for, t- for Alabama, I believe he plans to enter the transfer portal, was his name is Ny- Amari Nyblack. Um, I mean, Texas could use a really good tight end. And that's the guy that scored against Texas. <laughs> but apparently he's good end. friends with Isaiah Bond. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, these are, like, these are some of the best players of the teams. And so it's just a – I don't think we give it enough uh, discussion. I don't think we uh, give it enough attention. And it's something I think the coaches at these big-time programs, they are paying a lot of attention to. First thing they think about when a coach leaves or a coach is fired a big-time program, oh, okay, free, it's free agency. And not only that, for the coaches too. Yeah. Uh, well, so I mean, coaches, <laughs> well, look, if you, if you read the Washington message boards and the fans, they're really mad at Kalen DeBoer because Kalen DeBoer, you know, they're the latest fan base who bought the uh, everybody hold the rope, everybody rode the boat the same direction, uh, all for one and one for all. And, gosh, Washington achieved at a super high level and played for a national championship and came up short. Well, and then Kalen DeBoer did what's best for him, which is to go – Take the Alabama job. It's the Alabama job. It's though, the Alabama guys. job. Come on, man. I'm not criticizing the man. I'm just saying no. fans are mad at him. I, I get it. I mean, yeah. you, it's the passion of, what? You, you, yeah. you were selling us on this whole plan. Yeah. And, you know, but, but then this has always been the argument for the players. Well, why can the coaches have upward mobility and trajectory and the players can't? Uh, they got to be stuck with whoever the next coach is. And that's, that's now changed, and we would all agree that there still needs to be some boundaries and rules put on the situation, but it's better than it was, uh, it, it, at least for the players. Uh, but this goes to your call for Nick Saban to be the commissioner of college football, and let's actually build some parameters and some rules that, that find a middle ground between the freedom and yeah. the rule and, and what, what, what's best for everybody. But right now that's not in place. And Nine so if you're plus. Texas, you try to take advantage of it where you can. Yeah, right now Texas, like I said, one, they're one of the huge, I think, benefactors. They're benefiting hugely from this new little loophole that uh, coaches, are, when they leave, that it's a, it's a free agency. Uh, it's a fire sale pretty much with their roster. Uh, but, yeah, Kevin DeBoer is now the head coach of, uh, of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And Jed Fish, I believe, is reportedly the – uh, the lead candidate, or he's already got the oh. job, or gonna be one of the I think front runners to get the Washington job. Yeah, because I think Lance Lance Leipold was also mentioned he was. as a lead candidate, and then apparently the reports were either he turned it down or he's you know 
deciding to stay at Kansas. Staying in Kansas. So. And I'd also say that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to interview with the San Diego Chargers today, so that could be another, another situation where yeah. a coach leaves and the, the Michigan roster has 30 days. And wow. then, you know, Arizona's got a young quarterback named Noah Fafita. They got a really good wide receiver, yep. too, there at Arizona. I mean, really good. He's a really good, nice well, receiver. Uh, Arizona went 9-3 and three and won the Alamo Bowl, beat Oklahoma, and they got a young quarterback named Noah Fafita. <laughs> who's now got 30 days to go somewhere else if he wants yeah. to. Yeah, that's the thing about it. When your he coach can go to Washington if he wants. It used to suck just having your coach leave. Now your coach leaves, all your best players are going to leave too. Someone's yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's, it, needs, it needs some guardrails and some, some rules, but at the same time I'm not sure what the, the best course of action is. I do think those players should have freedom if no, their they coach elects to leave. I like it. Uh, and, you know, Noah Fafita is a name to watch. He could go to Washington and follow Jed Fish, potentially. Oh, that's – Because, again, you know the system, you know the coach, you know what you're walking into. We've seen that so, happen a few times where the, the, the quarterback follows the coach now. That's a thing. That's a thing. That's a, <laughs> a real thing. That's a thing. All right, there's Rod. We'll go back to the Cowboys and your thoughts. Also, uh, how about uh, how hard not to root for Dan Campbell and what's happening in Detroit. What a win last night. You played for the Lions, Rod. That was cool to see. We'll hear from, uh, from Dan Campbell from the locker room. The first – uh, Lions playoff win in 32 years came down last night. It was easily the best game of Super, Super Wild Card weekend. We'll also get you a divisional playoff scheduled. We now know uh, when the Texans will play this weekend, Rod. We know the time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't know where. That will be determined today. We'll tell you the details coming next on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, busy, busy weekend. Uh, it is MLK Day, so uh, with this inclement weather and the severe storm, fortunately, most people are already set to be off. You honor the late, great uh, Martin Luther King and his holiday. Uh, so schools were mostly shut down anyhow, and uh, all state and federal bill, uh, offices and whatnot. So traffic light, Don will have the updates. And uh, I just looked outside, Rod, you drove over here to our South Austin Onion Creek compound this yes, morning, sir. and uh, no, no precipitation, just a little bit of a light, uh, what do you call it, a, a flurry type of thing? Yeah, just some drizzle that is, you can tell, kind of freezing on its way down, so it's a lighter, but yeah, nothing crazy. And by the kind way, it freezes when it hits your windshield. As cold as it is right now, it's, it's 19 degrees here in the Onion, not in the Onion Creek compound, but outside of it, it's 17 degrees in downtown Austin. The coldest air is going to be tomorrow. Because uh, this, this kind of moisture is going to move on, and there's a dry air mass moving north, mm -hmm. north to south. And so the next couple of days, next couple of mornings, actually tomorrow morning is going to be the coldest, I think. Um, but the precipitation goes away. So um, any fear of that. But it'll be obviously back to kind of normal as far as school's back in tomorrow and uh, all, the, all the traffic will be back. But it doesn't oh, yeah. look like, fortunately, there's going to be precipitation to deal with. just very, very cold. So your tire pressure will probably drop. Yeah, I already did that. the natural that. gas law. I did that. Yeah, I did that your last week. I want to check your battery and those kind of things. It's going to happen. Sure. Yep. For the top of the hour, we'll have some bullish or BS, including uh, with your with the Cowboys out now, the playoffs. Who do you root for if you're a Cowboys fan? Might be the Lions. Might be you get on the uh, Dan Campbell bandwagon. 
Also, wow. Rod, the, uh, if you're a Texans fan, you're, you're riding pretty high right now. The, the, the Texans have way overachieved this year, and now they're playing into the divisional round. And here's how it plays out today, Rod. 3.30 today, the Chiefs – excuse me, the, the Bills will host the Steelers. They will play, both to play yet, post play yesterday at noon. And it kind of stunk having to wait all the way to 3.30 both days to get a game. But yeah. uh, those criticizing the, the folks in, in Orchard Park and Buffalo for canceling or moving that game – Look, I mean, if the entire area is on lockdown and the, the, the city yeah, and state no officials travel, are saying don't leave your travel house. Travel ban, yeah. It's kind of hard to invite 70,000 of them to a football game. No. You know what I mean? They couldn't get in and out of the stadium. It was a blizzard. And remember, in the most recent blizzard in that Buffalo, upstate New York area, Rod, 47 people lost their lives. Yes. Like, this yes. isn't a joke, y'all. Yeah. It's not a football game. It's dangerous stuff. And this blizzard was somewhat on par with that one. So they're kind of thought, can they even play today? Becomes a question. So Buffalo will play Pittsburgh 3.30 today. If Buffalo wins and they're, they're heavily favored, Houston will go to Baltimore. And they will play at 3.30 this Saturday. 3.30 this Saturday. If the Steelers were to win, the Steelers would go to Baltimore and Houston would go to Kansas City, also at 3.30 on Saturday. Regardless of who they're playing and where they're playing, the game will be at 3.30. Houston always gets the early divisional 3.30 yeah. window. And we know if they were to go to Kansas City, Rod, that's back to the scene of the crime with up oh, 24 yeah. to nothing. And that's what all went wrong. That's that's all went wrong. beginning of the end of the implosion of the Houston Texans. But, honestly, it, it was necessary because so, now they're, they've risen like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> and, but if I'm a Houston Texans fan, <laughs> which I am, I, I'll be honest with you, I would rather play the Chiefs than the Baltimore Ravens right now. Um, uh, yeah, of course. More favorable you, matchup. With, you can beat – I mean, you can – I would say you can. Be, it looks like you could beat the Chiefs. I'm not saying you will, but you could. The Ravens are playing the best football of any team in the league right now, even better than the 49ers. Yeah, and they've had the essentially season. two weeks off. Yeah. By the time you get there, so we'll see. That's how that plays out. And then, of course, tonight, uh, Philadelphia will play in Tampa Bay uh, on Ooh. Monday Night Football. The winner goes to Detroit to play the Lions. We already know because the Packers are the lowest seeded team remaining at the seven seed. They're going to San Francisco. Winner tonight goes to Detroit to play the Lions, and as you said, the first time ever the Detroit Lions will host back-to-back playoff games. Multiple playoff games. Big. Huge. Which is what the Cowboys had a chance to do, host back-to-back playoff games, if they would have just shown up yesterday. And Detroit said they wanted the Cowboys. They said that after the game. Oh, I know. They said it after the game. It was like, no, we want the Cowboys. Well, remember after the controversial ending to the game in in AT&T Stadium over the holiday – uh, Dan Campbell said, we'll use this as fuel. Mm-hmm. This will be fuel. This will be our octane. No, they wanted the Cowboys. They did. And Cowboys the way, didn't keep were, up their end of the bargain. I, I, you know, I, we said going in, I, I, that was the game I thought was going to be the best game of the weekend going into it. And, man, two, I mean, because Matt Stafford played great. I know there will be controversy today should Matt Stafford have gone in, back in in the fourth quarter after he got hit hard and banged his head on the turf and looked like he may have suffered a pretty significant concussion there. But he was back in the game. Uh, but in the end, it was Jared Goff. And how about uh, Dan Campbell, as usual, in a, big, in a big spot late in the game, under two minutes. You know, most coaches would have run the ball, kicked it, given it back to Matt Stafford, down, mm-hmm. uh, you know, up a point, point. He put it in his quarterback's hands, let Jared Goff throw the ball to get a first down that essentially ended the game. Uh, put the ball in the air. Yeah. He hit Amon Ross St. Brown, and that was the first down that clinched it. And a lot of coaches wouldn't have had the stones to do that, Rod. I believed in his quarterback, Jared Goff. It was a big moment for Jared Goff. And it Jared was. Goff has talked about how, you know, psychologically it was devastating for him to be kind of a throwaway piece for the Rams in that trade for Matt Stafford. And a lot of people had given up on Jared Goff and thought Jared Goff was just a bridge quarterback. 
for the Detroit Lions, and he still may be a British oh. quarterback, but he's playing like their franchise quarterback. And now you're talking about historic win all time. Jared Goff has got a historic all time win for the Detroit Lions uh, in the playoffs. So yeah, for him, that's a that was a big moment, big clutch moment, and. He talked about how it was big that the organization believed in him and the locker room believed in him and that he felt once again like he could lead a team because all of those guys had belief um, that he was their franchise quarterback. He was their quarterback. And Dan Campbell did that. And once again, I think he doubled down on that in that moment. Like, no, no, no. Hey, Jared, you got it. It's you. Well, Dan Campbell. He's a lot for a quarterback. I think he knows they're going to need Jerry Goff if they're going to make a playoff one. They're going to need him to play like like that. Well, and and again, this is, you know, back to the Cowboys. It'll all double back. I mean, the Cowboys had a chance if they could rise up to play back-to-back home games to put themselves in a, you know, one game away from the Super Bowl conversation. But instead, it's the Detroit Lions, the the moribund Detroit Lion franchise who has resurrected a quarterback, found a coach, a great general manager. You realize their general manager, Rod, in uh, in Detroit was working at FedEx about 15 years ago? Wow. Or 19 years ago. It's amazing. Was, was working. So Brad Holmes? Is- yeah, Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes, yeah. And then, then, you know, but still had a dream of being in the NFL, and he latched on as like a – you know, do whatever guy for the Rams and, you know, rose through their ranks. And here he is. He's built this team. That's you know, what he's doing. Brad Holmes has done a great job. I mean, as we talk about chain of command, Rob, general manager who hires the coach who, you know, now develops the culture. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we see these former players now who, you know, with a good general manager who is the architect of the team, builds the, you know, as you, I, I always say this, Rod, people always say, man, Rod doesn't Rod coach. I always say, I'd, if I was hiring Rod, I'd hire him to be a GM because you're a football investigator. I mean, I that's, what, that. that's what a general manager does. It does, yeah. You're trying to you're trying to find rare traits. You're trying yeah. to find talent. Yep. Yeah, and then you let the coach coach it. Then right? you get a matchmaker, find the right coach. And you want to be in right concert with your coach, right? Yeah. What type of player he's looking for? Mm-hmm. But Brad Holmes, Nick Casario in Houston, you know, Brian Gutekunst there in oh, uh, in Green Bay on he's point great. on yeah. point with Matt Brett LaFleur. Beach. Brett Veach in Kansas City. The Roseman, Philly. Yeah. These guys, you're right. These guys are amazing. Which is what the Cowboys level. don't have, by the way. Yeah. I know they, they say Will McClay is that guy, but we know it's Jerry. Yeah. So in the end, the chain of command matters. But now you can have guys like D'Amico Ryans or Dan Campbell, Mike Vrabel, who are former players, and their job is to, to motivate. Their job is to build the culture. And then you bring in a young, like Bobby Slowick or a Ben Johnson to run the offense and develop the quarterback. This is, this is the chain of command that, that, that wins in the NFL right now, Rod. Yeah, because you have a vision, right? This is why Mike Vrabel, even though he's a good coach, the, the owner was like, no, 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 we don't have, we're not on the same page, guys. You can have, he's a good coach, and we can hire a good GM, but if they're not on the same page, then it doesn't matter. You, you, there are plenty of ways to skin a cat. But the catfish, by the way, just be more politically correct these days. But we all got to be on the same page, and they're not on the same page. And that's why your chain of command take is valid because you, if the owner hires the right GM, then the GM has the vision, hires the right coach to execute that vision, and they together will, will find the right quarterback all right, to help be the field general to help execute that vision. And then it kind of trickles down from that point. Because I, I, how many times when uh, and we played the sound right here on this show when – when uh, when Dan Campbell was hired and we'll bite kneecaps and everybody called him a meathead and everybody called him, you know, this guy's a, a, a doofus. How's he going to coach the team? Well, look, who doesn't want to go play for Dan Campbell right now? You know, much like Mike Vrabel was a player himself, but it kind of comes off as that tough guy attitude. But, you know, what, 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 what fell apart for Mike Vrabel was – when Arthur Smith left as his yeah. young offensive coordinator to take the Falcons' job, and they didn't replace it with an adequate replacement, and then he got at odds with his general manager. Traded A.J. Brown. But, 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 the, but the, 
the model works, right? The model has shown to be the right model, but this goes back to Jerry Jones. He'll never put that model in place. Jerry Jones should have fired himself as the general manager 25 years ago and hired a football person who then hires the coach, who then, you know, they work together to hire the coaching staff and put the right pieces in place, and that's how you run an operation. That's not just football, Rod. Yeah. That's really any organization. Yep. Uh, and so Jerry Jones can say all he wants about I want to win a Super Bowl desperately, but he wants to win it his way. His way. That's that's his not ego. How it works. His yeah. ego is the enemy. <laughs> yeah, because uh, because you, it's like the guy who it's New Year's and I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Okay, everybody can say that. Yeah. But what steps are you taking today to make that a possibility? Yeah. Jerry Jones has never taken that next step. Yeah, you can't lose 50 pounds. Joe be like, yeah, I'm still going to eat this ice cream at night. I'm still going to get on these brownies. Like, no, no, you can't lose. You got to lose. You gotta, can't lose. It takes what it takes. It takes what it takes. And Jerry Jones knows that. And that's the most disturbing part is that he, 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 he knew that when he hired Bill Parcells and then when he hired Jimmy Johnson, hiring football guys, it paid off for him, right, hiring uh, real football guys who essentially were distancing themselves from him while they achieved, and he didn't like that. He wanted to be a part well, of the success. And I think and, in the wake of the divorce from Jimmy Johnson, and it's not to take it back 30 years, but it really is where the, the epicenter of it, you know, it took a little while for, I think, the football industry to realize, no, he's not actually going to hire a general manager. He'll never do it. Yeah. And, and then, so after Bill I thought he would learn. He's going to learn. He's going to learn. He'll That's what we all thought. Well, because he's not going to sell the team. It's the family business. But, you know, he at some point, because I mean, this was way 15 years ago or more, Bob Costas, sat across from him and, and, and said, you know, in, in your situation, you know, most owners would have fired the general manager long ago based on the success or lack of. And you know, you're still the general manager. Uh, and he said, well, I own this team. He you know, went Jerry Jones. But the point is, once the football industry realized that they're not going to – he's never going to give up the full control that he covets and has to have because he has to do it his way, Rod, to your point. Yeah, do it his way. It limits the coach you can hire. Mm-hmm. It limits the person you can actually bring in. So you get Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy. You can't actually go get a John Harbaugh or a Mike or a Mike Vrabel or a uh, Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. Maybe Bill Belichick at seventy-one years old. He's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, and there has been limited. reports. I think it was Adam Schefter or one of the insiders talking about how over the last few years, the Jones family and Bill Belichick have at, at owners' meetings have built a re- good close. relationship. And yeah, I'm sure. Of. So we'll see. But is that going to fix it? Is Bill Belichick well, at 71 year old, years old with all the cap issues they have, is he the answer? Um, I would say n- no. Not alone he's not the answer because I still be concerned about who Bill Belichick is going to pick as his offensive coordinator because that's a big deal who he matches up with Dak Prescott. And I'd also be concerned about Bill Belichick's ability or inability to hire coaches outside of the Belichick coaching tree that work well with him. It would be interesting because the Joneses have this insular – Mindset yeah. that everything they'll hire from within, right? Yeah, they only promote from within. They only promote it's, from within. Keep everything inside. That's how Bill Belichick is. Mm-hmm. He only brings in his own guys and his his people. How's that going to work? I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know if that fixes all of your issues too, but maybe it makes you a tougher team. Maybe it makes you a more detailed oriented team. Assignment sound. We do know that is Belichick football. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it would have been as bad as yesterday. That's for sure. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll talk about it. I don't know what the good answer is. Uh, well, the good answer should have happened a long time ago, but uh, we'll talk about it with you. Coming back, bullish or BS? Rod will have some topics from the sports world that we're bullish on and calling BS on. Also, uh, moving forward on a Monday, more on the Steve Sarkeesian extension, the transfer portal additions for the Longhorns, and Rod will give us his thoughts on Dwayne Aquina. Is he coming back, and what would it mean to the Longhorn coaching staff? Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Beavers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Appreciate it.
appreciate all the uh, messages bullish on your opinions on this Monday morning, MLK Day, the holiday, observing uh, the late great MLK. And as we say, the message still applies. Uh, and the message is that he espoused and uh, pushed were right then, and they're still right now, Rod. Um, it's better than it was, but it could still be better. You know what I mean? And we appreciate uh, everybody weighing in. This says, as a Packer fan, wow. it was one of those satisfying wins I can remember. Keep McCarthy and Dak right in Dallas. Oh, man, that was – of course, McCarthy it's, was their former coach. And it's just, it's, Should this be more about – bullish or BS? Should this be more about the Packers than it is about the Cowboys, honestly? Are we just talking about the Cowboys because they are the number one TV star on the number oh, one TV sure. show in America? And should we really be talking about the consistency of a franchise and a GM that drafted a quarterback, Jordan Love, uh, when a lot of people thought it was not only controversial but thought it was just a bad pick? They thought it would be the, the end of his tenure there as a GM if the pick was that bad. And I remember at the time saying, guys, this is what the Packers do. They've been doing this is like their this is the way they do business, this is the way they handle quarterback. And are we not talking about that success story of them finding their franchise quarterback? And we thought, oh man, that 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 division may be up for grabs. Packers look like they're gonna rebuild. Rebuild? What? Up for grabs? Nah. I think they I think they look like they're gonna run this division for a little bit longer. Well, and the Lions, the Lions have something to say about it. With the Lions have something doing. to say about it. Yeah, those man. two are gonna duke it out. Yeah. You're right about that, hundred percent. And no, I mean that's you know, as the week goes forward, it'll become more about the Lions, or maybe about the Packers and the Lions. But in the state of Texas on this Monday, it's going to be about the Cowboys. Yeah, just I like, know. It's like in the state of Ohio, it's going to be about the Browns and not the Texans. That's just the way that goes. But at the same time, that was a coming out uh, party for Jordan. Oh, Lowe, that was guys. awesome. I mean, that, 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 that was against a top five defense. Yeah, I mean that is a <laughs> that is a, a a huge tip of the cap because they got through the Aaron Rodgers drama and diva ness and all that they put oh. up with and. Didn't ever really say a word and just said, okay, we'll move on, Aaron, and the Jets can deal with them. And now they've got to deal with them. And now you've got this young quarterback who, look, even Aaron Rodgers has said he thinks he's going to be a really good player in this league. And, yep. he, you know, and we, we got to see it up close. He was great. And, Rod, you told anybody that would listen last week, uh, don't sleep on this kid. Last couple of months he's playing as good as any quarterback in the league. And he outplayed Dak Prescott in every phase, every way last week or last yesterday for sure. This says, uh, kiss McCarthy goodbye. Note Packers mm. have won more playoff games at AT&T Stadium than the Cowboys have. No, I told you earlier, Cowboys, the Packers are 6-0 and in that building. 6-0. and They won a Super Bowl in that building. That's wild. Um, against their old coach. They did it against their own coach, too. That's just, whew, insult to injury. Insult to injury. Yeah, so I don't know how long it's going to take. Jerry's got to have a plan. So you can't just – hopefully he's hopefully he anticipated Why? that if this was going to happen, he had a plan in place about what he was going to do. Uh, I, I don't want to see him riffing. That. I don't want to see him improvising here and freestyling. Because what I think, and I listened to him closely, this was his plan. His plan was Mike McCarthy, the DAC, the, the Tex Coast offense, Dan Quinn defense. It would all come together. We'll we'll go out and, and do things we haven't done much of, and that's get into the trade market, bring in some key veterans, maybe overextend ourselves in the salary cap, and here we are. And um, it it collapsed again. And you ran into a better team, a better coach team, a better organization. All those things show up come playoff hope, time. Hope is not a strategy. We talk about this all the time with Jerry Jones. And there's all the times where he, he's like, oh, I hope it works out. That is not a strategy, and it shouldn't be. So if he's a good owner, he should already have a plan for worst-case scenario. And I think this is close to worst-case scenario for him. When we talk about this with the Patriots. I don't know if the Jared Mayo thing is going to work. But you talked about it. They had that plan in place. Before the season even started. Yeah, Gerard Robert Mayo. Kraft was already thinking, about, all right, you know what? If it don't work out, this is what we're going to do. At some point, Belichick's going to walk. We were right. strained. Brady's gone. It's trending badly. 
Uh, let's get Gerard. Because remember, t- people wanted to hire or talk to Gerard Mayo last year yeah. in the offseason, and they made him essentially, by contract, the, the you know heir apparent, the coach in waiting, uh, the successor, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, that's an owner with a plan. I don't know that Jerry Jones I, – <laughs> I, I, I can't say he didn't. I'm just saying I don't trust that he did. That's all, uh, knowing Jerry uh, Jones, because I don't think he had any thought that they would lose that game yesterday. I, I, I don't think it crossed his mind that they no, would lose that I'm game. No, I'm with you. I don't think it did either. I, I don't think it did either, but, yeah. You're right, but you know what? It didn't cross my mind. I didn't think I didn't think that they would lose that game. I thought the Packers would make it a really tough game because I knew Jordan Love was playing that well. I didn't think the defense would play that badly. And also, I didn't think the offense would start that slowly. I didn't think it would be 27 to nothing and then 48 yeah. to 16. I mean, they were the, <laughs> the Cowboys at home were – I mean, they're, they're, I think they were outscoring their opponents by 172 points in, in, at home, in games at home, 8-0. And Aaron Jones is still gashing them on the edges hey. and – yeah. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is still running free across the middle, and Man. there's no pressure on. Jerry. I'll say Aaron Jones loves playing the Cowboys. He did that last time they played the Cowboys. Oh, he's had the career years. He yeah. grew up idolizing Emmett Smith. Yeah, and he's yeah. from El Paso, Texas. Went to UTEP. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I play this for you? Though speaking of bullish or BS, because you're right. Either the Packers or the Lions are going to own this NFC North for a while. Mm-hmm. Let me hear a little bit of this. Dan Campbell from the locker room, first playoff win in Detroit in 32 years. We play next Sunday back here at home, guys. Yeah. We got the winner of Tampa and Philly, which is tomorrow. We'll be here at 3 o'clock back at Ford Field because you guys f***ing earned it. Dude, how electric was it out there? I'm telling you what, it doesn't get any better. It's everything you dream of and then more. All right, that's outstanding work. I got two game balls. All right, number one, listen, when you, when you come in three years ago, like me and this guy did, and you had a vision and you start working together and you've got an idea how you want to build it and the type of players you're looking for, and how you want to go top to bottom, offense, defense, special teams, and you're in f***ing lockstep. You're in f***ing lockstep. I'm telling you guys, it's a shitty business. It ain't always perfect, but we, but we do a pretty good job. Baby. Right. But without this f***ing guy right here, man, Brad Holmes. He then handed a game ball to Jared Goff, who was one of their first acquisitions, Rod. And I love that, man. You talk about the, the, our kind of OKGs, right, our kind of guys, our, the types of players that to fit the culture and to fit the scheme and to fit the brand and the style of football they want them to play. That's, that is it's what, guys, it's the details of it. That's every – and that's said the Cowboys, they're not into those details. It's about, man, we got a lot of talent. We got talent we should win. It's like – no, <laughs> it's not just about the accumulation of talent. And I love that he said, and he handed Brad Holmes to the GM there in lockstep, three years. They came in together. They had a shared vision together. Yep. And, by the way, you're hearing a lot of the same things from Houston. With, oh, with yeah, with Nick Casario and Nick Ryan, that they're in lockstep. Yeah. Did, that one kind of happened you know, organically, but they, they see football the same. Yeah. And they're bringing in the right kind of players. And as we told you about with the Texans, because of all their injuries, they played more unique players than any team in the league. And How, Nick got Cassario, you 11 win? Well, well, think about that, Rod. The, uh, uh, you know, the guys who stepped up yesterday on Saturday who were picked up during the season, who had huge moments in a playoff game for them. We'll talk about that coming back. And that's Nick Cassari going out and finding those guys true. during the year when guys get banged up. That's pretty awesome. And D'Amico Ryans has said, no, the, he knows what type of football player I'm looking for and the guys I want to coach. And that's part of the reasons it worked. Oh, and, yeah, we got this young quarterback. 
Nowhere's number seven. It was makes pretty it damn easier. good. Yeah, makes All it right, easier. we'll talk more about it. Uh, chains of command and visions shared and otherwise. They were talking about it with you on a Monday. Good, bad, and ugly. On Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.